not going to be dumb and try to recreate a moment, you know, after the fact, because that'd be silly. Poop! Yep. That was totally different from what happened 30 <laughs> seconds ago, guys. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to day two. Or, or should I, I guess I should say just welcome to day two, because I'm not welcoming you back to day two. We've, we've only done day one. I can only mm -hmm. welcome you to the day that you, you, you know, the new one. And today's the new one. Mm. Well, what I'm saying is this is part two of our album listening clubs. Top ten albums of the year. I am your host, Polly, joined once again by my good pal, Taylor. Yellow. And I, and I do believe that this is, this is the day where we drop the cream of the crop on literally everybody. It's listening because I mean, there's literally nothing out there better than the, than the albums we're about to drop on people's heads, right? Yeah, especially yeah, and definitely not all of our honorable mentions, and definitely not all of our honorable mentions, which we will be going over before we b b before we reveal each of our album of the year. Which I'm <laughs> kind of like, well, wait a minute, are we gonna have another moment? I don't know. Um. But yeah, we, we will be dropping we will be dropping honorable mentions. We will handle that the same way we did uh, with Game of the Year. We'll handle that before we, we before we do number one. So yeah. Uh, but no point in sitting here dilly dallying. We know what we're here for. We know what we're here to do. We know what people want. They want free music to listen to that I am providing illegally through this podcast. Yep. Let's but, hope the state bar ever finds out about this shit. <laughs> Because I'm way too small and insignificant to matter. So, uh, and I and I and I want to make money eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Making money is a good thing, actually. <laughs> Something you now, let, let's let's put it this way: if I was already a lawyer, it wouldn't matter because it's almost impossible to actually disbar a lawyer once they're there. Exactly. But they can. It's a lot easier to stop you from becoming a lawyer in the first place. <laughs> And we definitely, can... definitely don't want that happening because of our dumb podcast. Yeah, because I've, yeah, I've got like $55,000 in student loan debts I'd like to be able to pay off before I die. Yeah, hey, the, the American dream, right? Coming yeah, true. Yeah, the, the American dream, debt and a never-ending work life. Yay! Ration out your insulin. It's great. It's the American thing to do. It's good. Uh, You're a hero. Me. You're a hero don't... if you do that. <laughs> Don't ask either of us what EpiPens cost because we might start crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, instead of crying, why don't why don't we talk about good music to make us feel better, distract us from the awful times in which we live that are horrible and apocalyptic. When the war actually happens, we might have to bust out the albums of the previous decade cast. <laughs> So I'll, I'll get things started on a nice uplifting note uh, with an album from uh, experimental hip-hop group Clipping called There Existed an Addiction to Blood. Yeah, one of my, oh, one of my big snubs, you say? Yeah, one of the big snubs. It gets represented here. Um, so Clipping has always been interesting, experimental, oh, yeah. super fun. Just, like an amazingly talented everything they do like I, I can't think of a single bad thing they've done um and if you'd have told me that uh, they were going to be the band that would 
that would be go full on horrorcore and then subsequently like m- make that genre seem legit. Like <laughs> I would be like, wait, what? <laughs> because like there existed an addiction to blood is literally what groups like Insane Clown Posse think they're doing. Whereas this is an album that is literally just dripping in blood and atmosphere and, and like legit horror themes that come across through the production and the lyrics. And it embraces even the things that might be really corny, like just, just how silly it might sound to rap about dismembering someone. Right. I mean, I think that there's an inherent cheesiness that with horrorcore you kind of have to embrace in a way, but I think that the way clipping handles that makes it more real. Mm. Uh, it's very just visceral and, and and like there's a lot of fun production stuff. Like there's there's a there's a track called "Run for Your Life," um, <clears throat> where yeah. the beat is actually it. It goes in and out of the song, so he's rapping a cappella a lot of the time. But if you listen to it, as cars drive by, like and the and the song um, intensifies, every car that drives by is picking up the beat that he's rapping to, and then you hear them move on. <laughs> like that's such an interesting thing, and it, and it gets across the idea of somebody literally running for their life, and like that's such a cool thing, right? So, yeah, like, I liked this album a lot. It's just really theatric and over-the-top and silly, and it goes as far as to literally burning the piano (laughs) at the end of the performance, which it's not a track that I've listened to beyond the first because it's literally 18 and a half minutes of a piano burning. (laughs) But but it's a callback to old theater where you would literally burn the piano. Oh, wow. At the end (laughs) of a performance. So, and, and I think that that's very strongly like the kind of vibe they're trying to give off of this album and it really works like i i think that just like it's hard to think of an album where i really felt like oh wow this is just atmospheric and immersive like i usually only would apply that to something like uh chelsea wolf's abyss or his spun or something right yeah but this is an album where it's just like you just you're fully immersed in this dark twisted world that they're trying to spin around these various tales of you know, like horror movie tropes and just out and out violence and just dripping like with all the visceral shit and the song i chose is blood of the fang which kind of uh which i I chose because i think that it's uh, probably the best representation of everything the album does and i think it's also cool that it like the the sample used for the chorus is the 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 sung version of their existed an addiction to blood so yeah there you go Mm -hmm. my number five is clipping there existed an addiction to blood Here is Blood of the Fang. By the Christians it is written that in the black Merthian age There existed an addiction to blood, 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 blood Drink it up. Fifty years bad enough. Time to come back. They want to call the bluff. Okay then, time to come back. What up? Hell King Huey, do it for fluid, you knew it was moving forever. Loop it, the truth is the movement was really too clever. Who is the newest to do it, pursuing a useless polluted agenda? Too long to get they bullshit together. 50 years bad enough. 
patient, gave him a two-year grace. Six-six came, then they saw the true face. Black on black on black, irate. Had them all running scared straight out the gate. Skin do show you who kin, that's it though. What's inside never been too simple. Syrup, he sip cause he can't taste his own. Drink it up, drink it up. You belong in every milliliter up. They tried to take out every military leader, but you was born to be a martyr, and that doesn't mean a thing because that body really me. Fill it up, your history is one you might consider killing for. This ain't the shit they taught you when you went to kindergarten. What you need to know is in the Queen Angela done told y'all. Grasp at the root. So what y'all talking about? Hands up, don't shoot. Look back. Blood on the ground. Look straight. They still shooting. Jump back. Still here. Now what that tell you about death? Death ain't shit. You got to drink it up, drink it up. in the sky if you ready dice are okay like confetti they thought you was playing no really the game was more training infinity and much of it blues time to fly cause you know time fickle so cold finna snow swing a icicle taking out a police or a politician issuing a statement saying turn it out and time to get the nickel and it ain't just money b this ain't honey sweet but it's funny to think of them wanting to speak when this pain is deep and ingrained in Drink it up, dress it down, queen shit, wear the crown, king shit, wear the wounds, new blood in the wombs, loose loose, clear the tombs, bubble goose, suede shoes, looking like a who's who with the dead, come back, bust ahead, run track to the red, black suit, black hair, black wings, black stare, black over the button up, bruh, acting a fool when just acting, you knew about adapting since you started tapping, and in the dark, flapping the full moon, asking if you knew the passion that grew on a mask, because they would never see in the basics, Geronimo, Eric, and Gregory with they faces, and every book record of CD even made the MP3s laces. Brother Malcolm done told y'all, by any means. So what y'all talking about? All on the same team. Look back. Blood on the ground. Look straight. They still shooting. Jump back. Still here. Now what that tell you about death? Death ain't shit. You got to... want to kill a moment for the moment but they cannot kill what cannot die there wasn't ever really an opponent for what they figured was only three human and they thought they couldn't slay by disconnecting for the truth but look your brother george is back again and never did look fine i said it's time to gather up another meeting of the inus that they quit and could have kill him in america can't either man he been sleeping since 71 ain't it time to feed a really simple little sum he up in the cadillac with little bobby hutton riding shoddy with the shoddy swooping up the cousins they swooping for your blood bobby steel is at the door but then you grouping with the club and brother elder just keeping souls on ice till the time was just right now suffices emory got the scene drawn up nice and a feeny here with pocket thug life kathleen black and beautiful as a model was out of up in this sipping the bloody capital bottle with on the seat next to a baby sitting in the rattle waiting for him to say something five and that mother follow into the night let it swallow eyes on the sparrow tomorrow you know the mirror is hollow when night is airing the collars after the rest of the model of effervescence when all of it manifested they never bothered to question while calling for the oppressed and murder guess they never knew it was a test to best assess the way to move in and digest the flesh of every wicked human to the best and blackest blood is back to ruling prince stoke lee done told y'all have no fear so how come every time to be like yeah 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 y'all look scared look back blood on the ground look straight they still shooting. Jump back. Still here. Now what that tell you about death? Death ain't shit. You got to... What about you, number five? Taylor, we got something a little less scary. We might have scared off uh, everybody. <laughs> Well, we're going to move on from space vampires to 
stoners in space because my number five i actually had to ask someone how to pronounce this by the way <laughs> my number five is yenalia noon from welsh band mammoth weed wizard bastard i like mammoth weed wizard bastard as a name though <laughs> oh yeah it's yeah it's so yeah it's like literally every fucking stoner rock trope as one name which is interesting because uh you know Black Sabbath core this is not no uh this is Mammoth Weed Wizard Bastard is sort of a mashup of like shoegaze psychedelia and doom metal mm. from Wrexham Wales UK and this is their new album it's yeah just imagine if Belinda Butcher uh, started singing for like a doom metal band Ooh, and also uh Flaka was on keyboards yeah, I don't know. There's something about the something about a lot of the synth tones on this album kind of gave me a Rammstein-ish vibe. Mm. And yeah, no, it's kind of it's very cosmic and space oriented and there's all kinds of big loud guitars and dreary super present synths and kind of indistinct buried in the back vocals. Ah, oh, nice. And yeah, it comes up to it comes up to this, and all and also uh, very important here. Unlike some of the albums on my list, which are kind of just full speed ahead, this album actually has like ups and downs. Oh, dips and valleys. It's like a journey, and, and dynamic variances, and like clean guitar playing <laughs> every once in a while. This one's another long haul. This is probably this this album's probably longer than an hour. Uh, yeah, hour five minutes. There you go. So far, like, I think about as long as We Are Not Your Kind, actually. Nice. So, yeah, but the song I chose is The Spaceships of Ezekiel. Not necessarily my favorite album on this one, but this is the one that kind of gets going the fastest as a, as opposed to, like, uh, Fata Morgana or Five Days in the Abyss or something like that. Cool. So yeah, here we go. It's it's fucking my bloody Valentine metal people. <laughs> <laughs>
Yinolian Noon apparently means return from the underworld. Well, there you go. It tells you all you need to know about the band right there. Yep. So how about a number four? Let's do a number four. Well, Taylor, have I got a number four for you? This is, uh, I I was trying to tie it to your name and the artist's name together, but I couldn't come up with something really quick. So (laughs) my number four is Tyler, the creator's Igor. Oh, hey, I, I like this album too. Another snub. Yeah, another snub. (laughs) So Flower Boy was really inspired and it was forward looking and it was like a really musically mature statement, I think. And I think Igor is fucking eclectic and brings that whole thing home. Igor's the first Tyler the Creator record I've actually listened to. You know, after four years of this, guys, maybe you've noticed I don't listen to a whole lot of hip-hop like Polly does. Yeah, yeah. And that's (laughs) fine. Like, that's absolutely fine. I mean, we're just two people that have different musical tastes. It's not really, like, a genre bias or anything. It's just you like what you like. You know? I mean, hey, I bought... I mean, you know, I went out after our last, you know, album of the year, Cast and Bought Taboo on vinyl, so... And that album's real fucking good! <laughs> yep. That that album probably would have been on my list if I had actually been aware of it. <laughs> yeah, had, had I, like, I mean, and I'd only talked about it the entire year. I follow a lot of people on yeah. Twitter, Polly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 uh, Tyler the Creator's Igor, it's, it's just an endless wellspring of like somebody being creative like i can imagine somebody in the studio creating this work and just being giddy the entire time because everything about it exudes musical joy for 40 straight minutes um and it's like and it's got a huge emotional breadth to it it takes on like an interesting look at a love triangle uh, of one of whom's members is another dude and it's just like uh it's sort of like uh, the artist actually kind of i think really bringing to the forefront what was brought to the forefront in flower boy anyway which is that yes the, the, the dude's probably bisexual like and that's basically this album kind of covering that um and, 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 and I think that, like, um, picking a Tyler the Creator for something like this, I think, does rub a lot of people the wrong way, given his past and the, the things that he's done and said. And the thing is, I can't throw stones in that regard because, I mean, I was a stupid teenager, too. And I, and I also had a platform early in my 20s where I said a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have said. So I, I think that it's been actually interesting to watch... Tyler, the creator, kind of grow up and embrace the maturity a bit and and, and to kind of be more comfortable with actually putting the real parts of himself out there and it to actually be these really amazing creative statements. Like, both Flower Boy and Igor are incredible pieces of work that I think that, you know, need to be on the same shelf together Um, and, and represent an artist's maturity both in terms of their ability to create, but also just as a person maturing into adulthood and kind of like looking back at past actions and being able to maybe not mm. like, I, I, I don't think this absolves anything, but I think that it gives you a lens to look back at and think like there, there's a lot of self-hatred in, in, uh, uh, being queer sometimes, and oh, yeah. I think that that can manifest in the way that it has. Uh, 
uh, Tyler the Creator is what I'm saying. Um, oh yeah. But this album is a full embrace of those things that uh, you, you know, a full embracement of of, of the, the the parts of himself that he may have been trying to run away from with previous work. Igor's just top to bottom like not at all what I expected. When I when you know like a new Tyler the Creator album because this album is not a lot of rap at all. Mm. Like this is uh, a lot of just there's lots of singing. There's a lot of singing and a lot of just production work and a lot of long instrumental passages. Um, and, and if that's the direction he wants to move forward, like this is the best statement that he could have put forward for that. I think. Um, and so yeah, my number four is Tyler the Creator's Igor, and the song that I chose is Gone Gone slash Thank You, which is sort of a double track um, that. Um, I chose because I think that it exemplifies everything that you get on this album. You get a lot of the singing, you get that lush production, you get a, you get some rapping. So I kind of chose this track because it exemplifies a little bit of everything on the album. It's in my Spotify liked playlist. Well, there you go. <laughs> Title of the Creator, Igor, Gone Gone, slash Thank You.
knock knock I'm not shocked I brought this on me It's my fault you gon' leave Let's and talk See the weatherman told me it wasn't raining My stupid ass brought umbrellas I got a glimpse of your cloud and feel better Now it's 90 degrees and all the tricks of my sleeve Is just a sweating delusion because I jet to conclusion You got your thing, I got nothing But memories, I know your secrets nigga I'm not bitter or nothing, I understand that Everybody making a choice according to plan that we had two different blueprints, but understood influence. You opened up early on. I thought I had a permit. We started building the bridge and turned it into a fence. Then my building got tore down all because of your new tenant. I'll just buy some new shit. Never down with a lease. You never lived in your truth. I'm just happy I lived in it. But I finally found peace. So peace. I hate wasted potential. That shit crushes your spirit. It really does. It crushes your soul. the creator what what you got for a what you got for a number four that was real dopey wasn't it hey you hey you tried we you tried and i love you for it so we're <laughs> gonna start we're gonna start our number four we're gonna end our number four i guess uh with my number four pick ithaca the language of injury this is one of my snubs Oh. I love this album though. Like this album yeah. is like this album's still on my playlist of like things that I listen to over the course of a week. So Ithaca, for those of you who are not familiar, is a self-described melodic hardcore band out of London, United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's another this is like a straight up nonstop punk rock assault, although they do actually have uh for a essentially a punk rock band they've got a lot of pretty intricate and wacky instrumentation going on in a lot of songs Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just a this is a whole new wave of woke metal yeah yeah woke metal is what i would call this yeah and yeah it sounds really good you may have noticed 
short albums from punky inspired bands with female singers has been a theme for my music for my list so far that's like been the last 365 for you it feels like yeah oh totally so yeah ithaca is uh yeah they do a very expertly crafted and performed version of what they do and the song i've chosen for you is impulse yes yes it's my favorite which has a lot of uh you know start and stop yeah metal riffs with lots of pitch bending love it love it it's my favorite track yeah and we're gonna play it for you there what i like to call rock music oh yeah that's that's some that's some good rock music which is good because we're moving into our number threes now and i'm going to start it off with a thing that is decidedly not rock music (laughs) whoops sorry people 
breaking up the flow of things again. My number three comes from an artist we heard from last year, uh, put out a pretty good album. Um, and this year, I like this album even more. My number three is JPEG Mafia's All My Heroes Are Cornballs. Here, here's me learning that JPEG Mafia had an album out this year because I love JPEG Mafia. <laughs> oh, wow. You missed this album? I didn't even listen to this album. God oh, my damn God. It. This album is crazy. Like, this there's is. Always, there's always one like huge <laughs> album I miss per year because just so fucking much comes out in a year. Yeah. And when. And when you actually take this as seriously as I do, given that we make no money from this, it can be hard to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is JPEG Mafia, and it's very similar to the Tyler album in that this is the album where it's like, okay, like, Veteran was a really good honing of what he does from the, the, the album previous, uh, Black Ben Carson. And uh, this takes Veteran and shapes it into what I feel he's been working to all along. And that this album is really melodic. Uh, he adds a lot of new tricks to his toolbox this time around. It's just, it's more melodic. It's less esoteric in the messaging. And, and um, it, it's not as off-putting as I think some of the bits of Veteran could be. Because he's very much that I'm going to make this beat as loud and noisy as possible and you're gonna love it <laughs> yeah. um also uh great uh naming conventions again like I, I think that if there is an artist in the game that's putting out better song titles i have not seen them because uh let's just uh, let's run down a list here uh jesus forgive me i am a thought that is that is a great song title <laughs> uh life's hard here's a song about sorrel um Post-verified lifestyle, basic bitch tear gas, buttermilk Jesus type beat, JPEG mafia type beat, <laughs> um, and so on and so forth. I, I think that like JPEG mafia is just getting better and better as he goes. Uh, and his albums are what I like to call glorious shit posts in album form. So they can be a little. It can be a little hard to nail down, like one so, track because he's very music collage so looking at this uh at these titles uh my favorite so far are grimy waifu mm -hmm. uh th there's a sex worker i'm gonna send that to <laughs> <laughs> uh thought tactics thought tactics t-h-o-t -T, yep. and uh basic bitch tear gas <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is a it's just another fantastic album that really pushes his what he is doing forward in a way that uh, it, it, that is in the same way of the Tyler album, except I, I just like this album a little more because I think that I like things that kind of sound like they're falling apart just a little <laughs> bit more. I like things that sound like at any moment, this is going to stop working and it's going to sound bad, but it doesn't right now. Um... So, since the JPEG Mafia albums are kind of hard to just pick single songs from, what I've done is I'm going to take a three-track collage, which adds up to just about five and a half minutes as a song. Like, I'm going to mm -hmm. pick that. I'm going to cheat a little bit. And um, it's going to be the portion of the album that goes from JPEG Mafia type beat, grimy waifu, to PTSD. I think that that is a solid three tracks there that give you a gist of what this album does on the whole and what you can expect start to finish. Um, and it, it just, I, yeah, like this, this, this album is just, 
it, it feels the like as an artist he feels generally genuinely just kind of free from what he can do now like he can literally do anything and just kind of like listening to some of the interviews he gave leading up to this album which this was uh in the works for two years so he put out veteran in the interim while working on this because this is kind of like the one he really had inside him and wanted to do so um my number three goes to jpeg mafia all my heroes are cornballs and uh the selection of tracks you were about to hear are jpeg mafia type beat grimy waifu and ptsd
gotta do, we gotta do. I got you your grimy waifu. That's the one you like the most. I got got it in there for you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, uh, moving on from... Moving on from... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have a number three for you. What you got? Alright, so... uh, You remember when I was talking shit about prog metal bands who just play every note all at once and it all sounds the fucking same as everyone else? Yeah. What if I told you that there's a band out there who released an album that probably has, like, less than ten bars in common time and still manages to be melodic and catchy and enjoyable to listen to? I would say that I probably need to hear this because that sounds incredible. So... Uh, my number three is a band who, uh, you know, sort of is a hobbyist musician with a job and now a kid. So he hasn't released a full-length album in a long time, mm-hmm. like since 2014. And just now he's finally managed to, cr- 2013 even, now he's finally managed to crack into my album of the year podcast listening. It's Unending by Cloud Kicker. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
So Cloud Kicker is a one-man instrumental project out of He Moves a Lot. I think he's based out of Philadelphia right now. Mm -hmm. And he basically makes uh, just really mind-bendingly, rhythmically complex music. He's once described that he he once described on an earlier album writing his drum parts in Microsoft Excel. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I could see that because man, it's it's not what well, it's not so weird and and calculated that it's robotic, but it's yeah. fucking strange. Yeah, it's so it, it's a it's a real testament to the a musical prowess of the band Intronaut, who served as his live band for one tour in 2014 that I got to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can't admit, the guitar parts are hard enough. I can't imagine trying to play these drum parts. <laughs> God. Yeah, I've I've listened to a good deal of Cloud Kicker, and it was just like, ooh, God. I, it, and I consider myself a fairly accomplished drummer. And even I'm just like, okay, that would take what? me a few days. Like, what the fuck is going on? That would take me some time. Yeah. So, yeah, he finally has a, a new full-length album out again. And it's really friggin' good. And, you know, I don't know how to describe Cloud Kicker other than, like, Meshuggah-ish. Yeah. Shoegaze-ish. <laughs> yeah, like... He's Man. got he's got he's got a mass of he's got the most interesting combination of technical death metal and Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, like no, I don't legitimately, know how, I don't know how else you describe him. Legitimately, he said that he says that Empathy by Jimmy Eat World is one of. Is that what that's called? What is that album called? There's a specific Jimmy Eat World album he likes. Oh, I and think it's empathy. the one with luck. The one with Lucky Denver Mint. Right, I know what you're talking about. Clarity, not empathy. Clarity, okay, yeah. Yeah, so imagine if somebody who was, like, way into Siamese Dream, Panopticon by Isis, Meshuggah, and Jimmy World started making prog metal. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what Cloud Kicker is. Yeah. And I've chosen uh, pretty much the first non-intro track, Zayok. Zayok. As your introduction into the wild wonderful and racky whelm of a guy who flies airplanes for a living and occasionally makes music i like that you said racky whelm
Oh, baby, here it is. Here it is. This is the point. This is the point where we 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 know or not if we've 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 uh, we've done it again. Oh, what if we've got uh, if we've got a mirror pick here? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it, what could we possibly could that have possibly happened two years in a row? I don't know, but this will determine it. That like I realize now, this is like like right now, like there is a reality where both are true, and that we have and haven't made the mirror pick. And once I open that box, we can't go back. It's it's Schrodinger's podcast it's right Schrodinger's now. Schrodinger's podcast right now. Like I I are you ready to bear? Like, am I ready to bear that responsibility of taking away everybody's suspense? The all one person that listens to this. Yeah, you, yeah, maybe. <laughs> all right. So my number two is an album. That is a burst of positive and uplifting energy put out into the world by one of music's most talented and unique voices. <laughs> my number two is a... my number two is Empath by Devin Townsend. Oh, how interesting! It's uh, not another. It's not a mirror pick. <laughs> it's not a mirror pick this year. We escaped I'm really it. Curi- I'm really curious who your number one is now. So this is an album that's almost so corny that it's unabashedly positive and forward-looking and bright well that's devin townsend in a nutshell but isn't it that's that's who he really is like this is like i feel that like this is the most positive energy he's put out into the world though <laughs> like this oh yeah is, this is like it, it's so honest and it being but but it's also honest about being in that kind of headspace like it's hard to always be in that headspace and it's okay to not be okay. Like, I, I feel like this album, like it, this is an album that I feel that like it landed for people when it needed to, like, I feel that it found like, like, because all over, like a lot of people that I follow on Twitter, people were finding this album at just various points of the year. And at every point it was like, man, that was just so uplifting. And I needed that right now. Yeah, and and like, and I think it's an album that the world needs right now. It, it's just so stupidly amazing, and it's probably like, man, just it's such an amazing and unique album, and it's Devin Townsend doing what he do. Oh yeah, um, which is just it's overproduced, it's slick as fuck, it's loud, um, it's it's so wanky, but. <laughs> but that's what we love about Devin Townsend and what he does because it's just coming from an honest place. It's got tra- it's got Ch- Chad Kroger on backup death vocals, which is so fucking crazy to me. He even credits Chad Kroger with this album. Yeah, like Chad- he's like Chad. Chad told me that I needed to just make something that was uncompromisingly me. Yeah, like, and, and that's really, like, I think that that kind of, you, you know, you give Nickelback all the shit you want because they do make shit music, but I think that, like, you can't, oh yeah, you can't dismiss. A few Devin interviews, a few Devin interviews this year gave me a whole new respect for Chad Croker because he described him as a Just... laboratory scientist in the studio. He's like, but also he 100% fully believes in every a note that he writes yeah like i can fucking spec that that people think that this is all just a an act for him 
He's like, what made me respect him so much more is like, oh no, he really does. He fully believes in the music he makes. Yeah, like, and and and, and no. I think that coming from someone like Devin Townsend, like, it, you know, it's funny that there are people like us who need that kind of confirmation. Who though is just like, <laughs> you're not just a guy in a suit up there playing the most basic bitch ass radio rock in the world. Oh, like, you actually have a stake in this. Like, you actually. Like, this is what you really feel. And, like, it's weird that through this album we gained that understanding of fucking Chad Kroger. But but, but I think that that's also in the spirit of what this album is about in learning to look at others, like, as humans, as just fellow people who are going about their daily lives doing their thing. Hence the title uh, Empath, I hence suppose. Hence the title <laughs> Empath, exactly. Um, and I think I'm allowed to do this. I've never done this before on this thing. I, I have never chosen what, what some might call the, the, the <laughs> one of the longest tracks imaginable. Oh my god. <laughs> for something like this. But I think it's deserved in this case. I chose the 11 minute banger, Borderlands. Oh man, I thought you meant Singularity you thought I was for a go second singularity. there. <laughs> No, I'm not. No, I can't spoil Singularity, and I don't want to spoil Why either, because Why is an amazing track too. That's kind of what I thought you were gonna go with, actually, because you know. I thought about it. I thought about it, but it was just like you know, like Borderlands is kind of my favorite track, though. Like I love Why a whole lot, which Why is a show tune, and it's and it's in there after the crazy death metal song. Yep. Which he fits. finally made his heavy metal Enya record. Yeah, he finally made his heavy metal Enya record. And we love Devin Townsend for it. So this is my number two, Devin Townsend's Empath. Here is Borderlands. We'll see you in 11 minutes.
So, Taylor, a number two, what do you got? My number two is Pollinator by Cloud Rat. Not familiar with. Do catch me up. So remember when I said that there was going to be some grindcore on my oh, list this year? Oh, oh, okay. So, Cloud Rat. I'm going to describe them as a post-apocalyptic grindcore band from Michigan. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, this is another loud, fast, short, female-fronted, punky kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But this one has just a songwriting acumen and sort of an emotional gut punch and the fact that you know it's basically a story about the climatological end times Oof. so yeah something about cloud rat this year when i the first time i heard it i'm like oh i just am. i just immediately fucking get it <laughs> yeah so on that note the track i've chosen for y'all to listen to from this album today is called Last Leaf. Mm. So yeah, yeah, you may get uh, you may get an impression of what they're going for here. <laughs> I think I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, this is this is another no frills uh fifth gear full speed ahead kind of band. I'm here for and it. It's also it's also more woke music, I guess. But is acknowledging but is acknowledging simple fact actually woke? Yeah, like we're talking about literal fuck science here. Like yeah. okay. <laughs> so yeah, here's Cloud Rat for you.
All right, Taylor. Mm-hmm. So there's only one left. Oh, yeah. And before we hit number one, there's a couple orders of business we should take care of first. The first thing we should do is, I believe, let's let's give everybody ten to two one last time before we hit that. Um, All right. I'll do that first. So my number ten is Brockhampton, Ginger. My number nine is Ginger, Macro. It's spelled J-I-N-G-J-E-R. <laughs> uh, my number eight is the Cranberries in the end. My number seven is Bent Knee. You know what they mean. Number six is Baroness, Golden Grey. My number five is Clipping, There Existed an Addiction to Blood. My number four is Tyler, the Creator's Igor. My number three is JPEG Mafia's All My Heroes Are Cornballs. And my number two is Devin Townsend's Empath. My number ten is Absolute Power by Wraith. My number nine is Patience by Mannequin Pussy. My number eight is Life Metal by Sun. Mm-hmm. My seven is Divided by Darkness by Spirit Adrift. My number six is We Are Not Your Kind by Slipknot. My number five is Yin Olya Noon by Mammoth Weed Wizard Bastard. <laughs> You'll never get tired of hearing I'm me say never, that. I love that name. <laughs> that, is out, My, that is name of the year right there. Oh yeah, it's a great name. It's it's just ridiculous enough <laughs> that they know that they obviously understand what they're doing. Yes, yes. My number four is The Language of Injury by Ithaca. My number three is Unending by Cloud Kicker, and my number two is Pollinator by Cloud Rat. Alright. So with those there, why don't we take a moment and maybe talk about some of the honorable mentions or snubs that uh, we have going into the year. Maybe you got, you got some titles uh, you want to throw at me? Maybe we could just go back and forth and name a few. Uh, yeah, I'm like... well, I guess uh, I'll, th- I'll, I'll start with this one. Uh, honorable mention is all I can call it because this is not new music. This is a reissue. Oh, I know. I bet I know what this is. You know exactly what this is. This is Cruelty and the Beast Remistressed. Thank God. This album is finally fucking listenable. Oh, I know. Yeah, so for those of you who maybe aren't super aware of the band Cradle of Filth, uh, at some point in the 1990s, they released an album called Cruelty and the Beast, and the production was the fucking It's It's so bad. It it is so unfortunate fathomably bad it's so un- it's so bad it made the drummer quit and it made the backup singer cry she literally cried when she heard the album the first time it's so awful yeah but for once for once a remix remaster reissue is better than the original version and this may be the first time this has ever happened because usually this is dog shit. It's always the worst sounding thing when they do this. Yeah, like when they talked about this album in particular being remastered, I, like my first thought before knowing the specifics that were going into it was, you're going to take a shitty loud album and make it louder and shittier? No, it turns out they made everything easier to fucking hear. <laughs> you can actually hear the drums in this version. The guitars don't sound like they were recorded on a fucking 10-watt practice amp. Oh, my God. It is it's it is night and fucking day. Like, the fact that this album is listen Like, I only listened to this for, like, a week straight to tell you how much, I, how happy I was that this got remastered in the way that it did. So, yeah, that's, uh, 
the for, for perhaps the first time in history, Cruelty and the Beast Remistress is now the definitive version of the album it remastered. Yeah, yeah, so fucking good. So happy that that happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honorable mention for me uh, that did not make the list uh, just because it's too goddamn long. And I still like it, but it's too goddamn long. Uh, thank you, Scientist Terraformer. Uh, I actually didn't get around to listening to this one. I didn't. I kind of hated the previous Thank You Scientist <laughs> album with a small passion. <laughs> Stranger Heads Prevail was a little weaker, in my opinion, yeah. So, uh, I don't know, but hey, maybe I'll get around to listening to this one sometime now that I have a release gap. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a step up uh, from Stranger Heads Prevail. It's just It just was too long for me. Um, it's like 88 minutes or something, and it's just like, it's a little much. Um, uh, but a, but a shorter album that I would give some props to is Little Sims Gray Area. Oh yeah, this is really good too. This is a really good, solid 30 minute, uh, rap album from, uh, British female MC, just start to finish bars. Girl, bar you the fuck up. Like she's Uh, so much talent. Oh, yeah, it's really, really good. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on her. Speaking of short, solid albums from really good rappers, I'm going to throw an honorable mention to Zoo by Denzel Curry. Yes. It's not as good as Taboo, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is this is really a damn good. This is his this is his 28 minute summer bangers album. And sorry, I like this, it a lot. This is Zoo is a little bit more. uh Let's say straightforward. I feel like Taboo is the album he felt he had to make. Like, as as there's a lot of just, like, really deeply personal stuff on that album. And Zoo feels like the album he just wanted to make to kind of distance himself from that. Like, this is a fun album. Like, Zoo is just fun. We've moved from catharsis to enjoyment, and it's even got a pretty good Rick Ross feature, and I never thought those were... And I fucking hate Rick Ross! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah sorry denzel you just you, you would have made it last year if i had heard of you or yeah. saw polly talking about you because i follow too many people on twitter but this year you just missed it yeah like i i fully expect his next big project to probably be as poignant as as taboo at the very least like this guy just knows what he's doing i feel like like all the moves he's making uh, they just feel smart. And, like, man, that Rage Against the Machine cover he did was real good, too. Oh, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> He's definitely, he should just start a metal band. I would absolutely listen to a metal band fronted by him. Like, can we just get him to be the lead the lead singer of Body Count instead of Ice-T? Because, yeah, look, that, I respect... I, res- kind of what <laughs> I respect Body Count, and I respect Ice-T for what they do, but Ice-T really sucks at his job in that band. <laughs> So, uh, are, are you ready for the biggest, well, maybe not the biggest snub. Are you ready for what's probably the most shocking snub? Okay, I'm buckled up. What, what you got? It's Birth of Violence by Chelsea Wolfe. Yeah, that one here. missed it for me, too. Yeah, It's got a lot of good songs, but boy, oh boy, I found myself skipping a few of the songs I, on this album. I, much, I, like, I feel like this is her zoo as well, where... Her last two albums have been Im- so emotionally heavy that I feel like this is an album she probably needed to make to get out of that headspace for a bit. 
Oh but, yeah. But as a listener, I just it just didn't stick with me. Yeah, there's a few like Deranged for Rock and Roll. I love that song a lot. Um there's a couple others on there I like. Uh, uh Dirt Universe. Dirt Universe. Is my favorite. Yeah. But, but like uh when Anger Turns to Honey or American Darkness or yeah. I don't really need those songs. And the the last song isn't a song at all, and the song right before that's also kind it's of a transitional also, throwaway. Yeah, it's just as a whole, as a cohesive project, it doesn't quite work. It, it feels like an album that was written in a tour bus because it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, another weird snub uh, for me. Uh, might, might surprise people because I was actually pretty hyped for this album and I talked about it a lot prior to it coming out. Is uh, Danny Brown, do you know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't listen to this album. <laughs> uh, this is Danny Brown kind of embracing his elder statesman role as a hip-hop artist as he's earned it. Like, this is a guy that can rap his ass off and has spent years doing it. And it's like it feels like the first album he's made where he's actually felt confident in that, in oh, that. Cool. And, and, and I like that a lot. Uh, I'm also gonna give a shout out to the Lizzo album because I love you. Um, mm. Pretty solid, uh, start to finish. <laughs> Despite the weird, like I have a lot of weird stuff about her these days. So, yeah, a lot of weird. I, I I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't been following, and I'm not. I can't say that I've listened to any Lizzo stuff. But uh, yeah, well, Lizzo because I love you is a good album though. It's re- it's really solid fucking R and B, and it's only thirty minutes, so you'll love it. Yeah. So now it's time for a couple of uh, black metal albums that almost Uh-oh. made my number ten, but Wraith was better this year. Okay. The first one is an album called Satan Spits on Children of Light by Devil Master. <laughs> that's another contender for real good title i actually i actually have seen this band live and they kill it wraith was just a little bit better in my opinion uh-huh. and i guess it might come down to like uh probably not even production this is just a creative choice mm-hmm. uh every single guitar on uh, Satan spits on children of light has a chorus effect that never turns off. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, well, it it works for what they're trying to do, but when it comes to just my own personal taste in heavy metal guitars, uh, Devil Master is a little too wet, whereas Wraith mm. is just punchy and dry and in your face. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of it. The other one is Cairn by Mizmore. Mizmore is a blackened doom metal band that mm. makes really long albums with really long songs. <laughs> and while I did really like this album, I think it's a, it's probably the best version of this like funeral black metal kind of style that's emerging right now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, eh, it doesn't, you know, I didn't guess, have enough of the spark you wanted. Yeah, no, I just, you know, because I started listening to black metal in the previous decade before the one we just left, and there was a lot of really interesting and diverse black metal coming out of America, especially at the time, but now it's just like, we're either ripping off Wolves in the Throne Room, yeah, or we're just moving back in time towards a bunch of Norwegian black metal bands who are either terrible people or terrible musicians. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes both. Yeah, it's more often than not both. Yeah. It's not both when you go that far back. Which yeah. is like an album like, uh, or just, you know, a lot of, it comes, 
a, a lot of black metal this year fell into the category of Jesus fucking Christ. How many times have I heard this exact band before? Oh no! And listening to late '80s hardcore punk. Oh, jeez. The Kennedys and Black Flag had broken up, and now all of the fucking shitty rip-off bands were the only things that were around. That's like the most fucking apt comparison I've heard of the black metal scene in a while. Yeah, no, it's not good right now, guys. Y'all need to get your heads out of your assholes. You might want to check your blue, uh, your snowball mic. I think it... Un- oh, yep, there we go. Stupid... The, the USB port on my microphone's very loose. Okay, we got you back. We're back. We're back. Uh, some more, uh, some more bands that I was thinking about putting on here. Uh, Times of Obscene Evil and Wild Daring. They're in by the band Smolder. Mm-hmm. They're another throwback metal band, but I thought Spirit Adrift did it better. Yeah. Uh, and then a band called Big Brave, which is sort of a doomy experimental band that was on tour with Sun this year. Uh, think of Mammoth Weed Wizard Bastard, but more boring and droney. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, look, you've, you've got to, not... you've got to, you've got to bring a lot if you're going to be better than Mammoth Weed Wizard Bastard. And again, <laughs> the album A Gaze Among Them is not a bad album, but there's definitely like, like when the, al- there's moments of repetition that go on way too long. And I think when you actually have a singer who's singing and they just repeat the same phrase that like gets 20 annoying. times. That gets annoying. Yeah. And uh, I guess an album I really wanted to like, and I think fundamentally I do like it, but it's like almost 75 minutes long. And it's just so harsh and abrasive that it's kind of difficult to get through. It's Caligula by Lingua Ignota. Yeah, this album, I 100% respect this album as an artistic statement and what, as deeply personal as it is. But my god, like, that is an album, if you listen to it, you are going to experience that pain. Oh yeah, and you've... You've ne- I guarantee you, you've never heard anything that sounds like it. No. Like, this... Whoa, man. Like, I gave that thing probably two or three spins over the course uh, since it came out uh, completely. And that's not an album I can go back to and, you know, just vibe out with. Like, that's... Yeah. Ooh. It, it's intentionally unpleasant music. But it's yeah. not like... It's not like, you know, like unpleasant in like a pharmacon or a Merzbow way no it's essentially classical it's essentially neoclassical to the extent that the opening track opens with uh the dsi rai theme yeah which believe it or not lingua ignota used to be involved in a group called cafe del mar <laughs> which you may have heard of yes yes who did like uh edm classical that's so fucking weird <laughs> Yeah, so she's very she's it, it's it's blackened classical. It's blackened classical, and if you really want a first person account of abuse, oh boy, that album's yeah, uncomfortable. It's a hard album to get through. It's like imagine if you were listening to the song "Daddy" by Corn, but for an uh, entire album. It's it is an emotional statement that I will never forget. But it is not one I will return to because it's pleasant. <laughs> oh no, it's like a God. It's it's like watching a horror movie that you really liked and never want to see again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Or like watching Grave of the Fireflies. I never want to watch that movie again. No, no. Uh, I'm glad I did once, but I never want to see it again. Yeah, I am thankful for the experience, and I hope that making this helped her exercise the things that she needed to. But, oh boy. Yeah, no, it's... Listen at your own risk, yeah, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got, uh, uh, I guess, a couple more, and then we can round it out with album of the year. Um, oh. I, um, I've gone through uh, all of my special mentions. So. Cool, cool. How do you feel about occult rock? Occult rock? Uh, depends. Who is, who's singing it? <laughs> uh, this is by a group named Mona. This is an album, called, album called In the Allure. Uh, this is an album mm-hmm. that I kind of just ran across randomly on Spotify and was like, oh, hey, I like this a lot. It's just really good occult rock. Uh, good good uh, front uh, female vocals. Uh, really good production. Really good instrumentation. Just, hey, like, you know, it's got a lot of those occulty themes. Very kind of, and it's got sort of, it's sort of cut with a pop edge. So it's kind of like a not quite as good ghost, I guess. Mm-hmm. What I would call them. Um, the new Rammstein album, I like it a lot, uh, but it yep. just didn't make the cut. I mean, after you, you, I, like, I like Rammstein, and uh, that's probably never going to change, but they went and they made a Rammstein-ass Rammstein album. Man. Yeah, I, I also gave this a spin this year, and uh, I really loved Liebes Fioralida, yeah. but this just kind of feels like, uh, you know, outtakes from bygone era I, I, I can see that uh i i really really admire the track deutschland um yeah, better and than I, benzene but uh, uh, benzene. <laughs> or rosen wrote whatever that album was called i liked rosen wrote i liked riza riza the album's really good you back off that uh, i mean i liked riza riza but this kind of sound i just feel like this album sounds like outtakes from the era in between those mm, albums mm. See, I see like it, it didn't feel like that to me it was just it just kind of missed the mark because i think that everything else on my list i just enjoyed a lot more whereas this was kind of like this is a comforting sound like i can go back to this and listen to it anytime because it these are sounds that i'm familiar with and like a lot um and, and again like a special mention to the song deutschland which is interesting because it's a song about like loving your country but understanding the atrocities that it's committed but and having to deal with that in uh, modern society that you know with neo-nazis and shit like and like i think that the the way that they approached that was really interesting yeah um and uh following up on that would be lindemann's fnm which would uh frau und mann <laughs> I never got I never got around to listening to the new Till solo album. This the album's last, the really, last one was hilarious. The last one was hilarious, and like I was initially disappointed that this was an album that he went back to singing in German with because I thought that the English lyrics of the, of the first Lindemann album were fan fucking tastic. Oh yeah, I mean it's just a guy that doesn't one hundred percent get the the gravity of some of the things he's saying. Probably a little problematic at times, but it was fun. And this is uh, very similar to that in, in in that same regard. Only it's back to being sang in German, and the music videos for it are downright disturbing. Um, but yeah, I I, I think I might have enjoyed uh, Lindemann F and M more than uh, the Rammstein album, just because there's so much versatility on it. Versatility, because mm-hmm. t- t- his name's Till Lindemann. Get it? Yeah. You get you, you get it, Taylor. 
I get it all right. <laughs> but yeah, those, those are some of uh, my uh, honorable mentions and snubs that unfortunately did not quite make it this year. Not, not. I did. It didn't hit. You know what? Like, I don't think either of us like hit each other as hard as I thought we might with some of those snubs. I think we were largely in agreement with them, which well, I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, it wasn't like it wasn't like last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like last, last year where last things year literally hurt, a lot hurt. Of people's feelings. <laughs> things literally hurt last year. <laughs> All right, Taylor. So, are you ready for me to unveil the, the unveiling of my album of the year? I'm ready. Let's hear it. My number one album of 2019 is Slipknot's "We Are Not Your Kind." I probably not a big surprise at this point right (laughs) yeah no not not a huge surprise no (laughs) so i think the reason this takes because like look for most of the year it was empath like Mm -hmm. empath got robbed in august (laughs) essentially (laughs) is what happened here (laughs) yeah um is i think that in truth we are not your kind is like the album that I'd been waiting for Slipknot to make their entire career. And I just didn't realize it until I heard it. Yeah. I still love and admire, but like I am a not an unironic Slipknot fan. Like I, I am one of those people that was there for the first album in 99. I have a lot of very fond memories of discovering that band with a lot of friends and, and getting really into that band and enjoying that uh, the, uh, the self-titled album, which turned 20 uh, in 2019, which that's weird to say now. Um, <laughs> um, and I love I love Iowa. Uh, I love Volume Three, the Subliminal Verses. I could do without. Um, I, I I I could uh, do without. Um, uh, All hope is gone. Uh, and point five, the gray chapter is an understandably uh, bleak and kind of unsteady album. But Slipknot is a band that has always entertained me. It is the, like there is something about what they do uh, that has always been one hundred percent pleasing to my ears, and I'm not the least bit ashamed to say that they're one of my favorite artists of all time. Mm. Um, uh, this album is it's heavy and as uncompromising as the heaviest moments from self-titled in Iowa and but it's as effortlessly melodic and vulnerable as the stuff from volume 3 the subliminal verses and point 5 the great chapter it's brutal without being aimless it's proggy without being pretentious um and we went over the production earlier about th- this album literally sounds like every dollar that was spent in making it sound the way it does Mm -hmm. um i don't feel that the entire band has been captured this way and that you can kind of get the full breadth of their sound since iowa oh no it's produced like a steely dan album practically yeah yeah (laughs) i can't imagine how much time and effort went into this shit every like like this is one of those okay every frame was agonized over like every performance was probably like 256 takes to get right um, I know that they, I know that they're also a band that does stuff live in the studio the way that they record too. So that had to be a pain in the ass. Oh yeah. Um, but this is one of my favorite bands firing on all cylinders and still fucking delivering twenty years into their career, uh, which is longer than that if you go back to when they actually started, which was in like nineteen ninety four. 
Yeah, they had a they had a uh, album that was all about a white wolf werewolf that was RPG. About, yeah, yeah, mate, feed, kill, repeat. It's a very weird. Like, hey, that album is fucking weird as shit too. Because if you listen to it, it's got fuck. It's got fucking funk breakdowns in the middle. Like, what is happening? Someone listened to too much Mr. Bungle, I guess. It's very Mr. Bungle inspired if you listen to that very first album they put out that they don't acknowledge anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, Corey Taylor's not even on it, so. No, he's, he's not. It's a, so it's understandable. It's understandable. And and from what I understand, things between them and that dude are still 100% copacetic. It's just, hey, we just didn't work out. That's fine. <laughs> now we are megastars and you are the nobody. But it's okay. Here. It reminds me of uh, it reminds me of the first ever mindless self indulgence oh, album yeah. that was released as a mixtape in 1995, and <laughs> I think Jimmy Urin has described it as really bad Nine Inch Nails ripoffs. Yeah, they're not. It's not horrible. Jesus fucking Christ, it's better than his solo album this year. Oh, somebody please stop telling that man to say to stop saying the N word, please. How? Yeah. And then right after that, tell tell him to stop using fucking auto tune because it's yeah, ruined it's... everything that was special about that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but yeah, my my album of the year is Slipknot's "We Are Not Your Kind." I th- I, I like I yeah like it. Like, poor Devin, poor Devi. He got robbed uh, on uh, August 9th when that album came out. And it was just like, I, I threw this album in and it was just like, holy shit. It's just banger after banger and it's not stopping. Like even the yeah, weirdly I, quiet I, moments like Spiders are just like so Oh yeah, that's good. a great song. It's that, like, that chorus will get stuck in your head forever. Oh, it has many fucking times. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, st- I struggled with a lot of, like, ordering and placement. And s- sometimes I find that my ordering isn't always, like, accurate or can change whenever. Mm-hmm. So, We Are Not Your Kind has been higher and lower on this list before it ended up on my number six. <laughs> it, it's like, and on a list of ten absolute bangers, six is not the worst you could do, man. It's really not, like... Yeah. Again, Holly's just surprised that I even liked this yeah, album. Like the fact put that, it in my top ten. <laughs> like the fact that you listened to it was a shock. The fact that you <laughs> liked it was crazier. The fact that it's on your end of the year list now just makes me smile. Because <laughs> it's my well, album of the year. There's a testament. Well, there's a testament to how good it is, I suppose. Exactly. Exactly. So here it is, Slipknot's We Are Not Your Kind, the track that I chose, and I don't like doing this a lot. I don't like, quote-unquote, spoiling the ending, but I went with Solway Firth, ah, which is the ending I, track. I mean, they released this song as a single, so I don't think you're the only one who's spoiling the flow that's, of the album for everyone. <laughs> that's a good point, but man, like, this song is just, like, it's everything that this album does. Like, it's crunchy in just the right ways. That chorus guitar riff just is so good. Oh yeah, it's so meaty. It's such a meaty track. It's got that atmospheric build up and start, and it just pounds you in the face for five and a half minutes. Here it is, album of the year, Slipknot. We are not your kind, Solway Firth.
I'm counting all the killer killers. They swear as they swarm. The look of gluttons in their eyes, they mutter as the body loses warmth. They pick your bones like locks inside a tomb. And take great care to not take care
And Taylor, I do believe it is your honor to round out yet another year of fantastic music. What have you got for album of the year? Well, he doesn't have to feel bad for too long because my number one is Empath by Devin Townsend. Hey, that's a pretty damn good album. (laughs) Yeah, what can you say? This album is pure artistic excess. Yes. And it's great for it. Yeah, like, it's so overproduced and overloved on and just every second of it drips pretension in the best possible way. Oh, yeah. And on that note, I've chosen uh, probably the most mind-bendingly <laughs> complex song you're going to hear all year, unless you listen to a couple of bands I might bitch about on Twitter who are obviously faking their music. I'm picking Hear Me. Oh, damn! The one the session, discrum- the session drummer, f- well, one of three session drummers for this album, actually, I, now that I'm thinking yep. about it. yep said that this is maybe the hardest song he's ever had to track god like (laughs) i've even just played around with trying to play to this song and it's like yeah fucking it's it's like a fucking it sounds like a fucking apex twin song all right it's this song is absolute insanity it's crazy it's so good though yeah, so yeah, we won't we won't spoil the biggest bomb most bombastic moments for you in this podcast apparently. You get to experience that all for yourself because we do recommend you listen to all of the albums we've talked about. Absolutely. Uh not the new Jimmy Urine album. Jesus Christ, not no, that one. Not, not that. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> uh but no, yeah, so I'm listening. Hear me incidentally is the one with the backup death vocals from Chad Kroger. Yeah. See if you can find them buried in there. You can. You gotta listen a little bit for it, but you can hear him, and it's very hilarious when you know that that's Chad Kroger doing that. Oh yeah, it's so it's so great. But everything about this album is great and over the top and ridiculous. And let's and it'll end it'll end this on a happy note for all of y'all. Absolutely, because it's the most upbeat and positive album on either of our fucking lists this year. <laughs> <laughs>
And there you have it. We hope that you've heard us, you know. Right? We hope that you've heard us. Oh, yeah. Because that's the name of the, you know, hear me. See what I, see what I did there? That's a, yeah. it's a callback to the... Uh, Stay with me, kid. You're going to learn a lot about this podcasting thing. Trust me. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, once again, for tuning in to, 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 to giving us a bit of your time. We, we hope that some of the music you hear, you heard here yesterday and today, uh, something you might go out and check out. Maybe it's something you've never heard before. Maybe you'll find something new to enjoy. I know that just from talking to Taylor that there are a couple things I'm going to be checking out. So... Hopefully, like that—that—that's always been the spirit of why I like doing this. Is maybe somebody out there will find something they like in our weird, uh, eclectic tastes that kind of diverge yeah. time to time. But a lot of the time, we are in sync. So. Oh yeah. So there you go, uh, Taylor. Once again, thanks again for uh, uh, joining me for this. It's always fun to kind of go back over that last 365 and kind of see like where we've been musically and like for the past few years that we've done this it's been banger after banger and it gets harder and harder to make these lists happen yeah no we are we're in a definite we're definitely in a good period for music and i could tell this when i was making my tentative album of the decade list oh god fuck that i I can't i can't do that i can't it's, I have a list that I would be kind of happy with, but this was a crowded decade after 2014. Yeah, like once <laughs> you... 20, 2010 to 2013, what the fuck yeah, was music thinking? literally nothing was happening in the last five years, which are the years that we have been covering, really. Like, like uh, through our podcast, like... Those have been the years where it feels like just the the, the, the the spigot has been turned on to full blast and, like, it's literally nothing but good shit. I could not make an album of the decade list. I can't. I don't think I can. It's definitely... I mean, I could, I could probably pick an album of the decade. I might be able to do that. Because for me, it's his spun. <laughs> that, yeah, like, his spun <laughs> is probably the largest contender. Yeah, I... I mean, hey, it's, I mean, it was the one year where our mirror pick was our number one. Yeah, yeah. That's got to say something, right? <laughs> it was the most obvious, too. I don't think anybody was surprised. Yeah, nobody was going to be surprised by that one. But on that note, thanks again for everybody tuning in. We will be back here again next year to do it again. And hopefully or, the, the tunes are just as good. And remember, knows, listen to more knows, death maybe this. Listen to more Death Grips. Maybe there'll be a new Death Grips this Maybe. year. Maybe! I'm, I'm fully counting on it. Uh, yeah, they seem to be a once-every-other-year kind of band. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you notice that a band has a rhythm, and you can just set your clock to yeah. when a new album is going to come out. Like I would... Oh, I, I guess another... I won't really call this a snub, because I thought Blood Year by Russian Circles was kind of boring. I <laughs> thought it was, too. Yeah, like I listened to that. Like I bought that album and only listened to it probably three times. Yeah, I even I pre-ordered it on vinyl, and now it's just gonna collect dust on a yep. shelf somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bummer. Uh, Bummer. Well, happy new year, yeah. Buckos. Yeah.